Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. kids now give him a tattoo and they're suddenly all knowing mega pros that said i hate to say it aloud but you might just be right a short run followed by a quick vault and a bit of a climb sprinkling some trigger work it's obvious they really can't shoot for a shite oh fuck it let's do this thing then Johnny burst out from behind the ruined car door that had been serving as barely adequate cover against the low-caliber gunfire that had been raining down on her position. Experience told her that the fuel thieves camped up there might sooner win the lottery than hit a running target. Experience proved right. Reaching the exterior wall unscathed, Johnny leapt up to seize a length of exposed rebar she spotted jutting from the damaged building. Without slowing her pace, she'd quickly scaled the first two stories of the derelict structure. A roguish smirk hit her lips as one of the thieves foolishly leaned out the third-story window in a clear attempt to get line of sight on the murk, only to find the barrel of a Capricorn moray pushing against his chest. A firm tug on the man's limp body sent him spilling out from the nest while Johnny agilely propelled herself through the opening to take his place. Johnny, I've intercepted an incoming call to your 
lovely idea I can't possibly imagine anything more important than we shot at this particular moment in time! Affirmative! Putting us through now! Ella! In what world do you think that was a yes? Please go ahead and put a random through to my hollow! I'd love to take a call! You two idiots are trying to get me killed today, aren't you? Oh, you know, just... It is nightmare mode. I mean, you are pretty much doing this the hardest way possible anyway, aren't you? Maybe. My timing is, I can see, impeccable as always. Should I perhaps call back? Waylon, is that you? <clears throat> Long time no talk. <laughs> Alright, sorry about that. Uh, kind of in the middle of a situation right now. Something on your mind? <laughs> Can't say I thought I'd ever hear from you again after the circumstances of our last meeting. Uh, you didn't happen to find that girl you were looking for. What was her name again? Alex. Ah, oh, that's right. Alex Webb, wasn't it? Went missing some years ago, according to Nick's file, as I recall. Remember that look on your face? Got to admit, I've probably worn the same one myself. That girl meant something. At least enough to get you to work with a man you sworn off of. Tough spot, that. Don't envy it one bit. Observant and accurate. I feel we're already negotiating. As such, I will reluctantly confirm that the assumption you're alluding to is correct. The case remains ongoing. The information you provided was good, but has led me to a blockage of sorts. I cannot accept that. Not this time. So, it is that I am in need of personal insurance. Is that a fact? Well, truth be told, work's been a bit boring lately. <laughs> Same sort of enforcer work always need doing. Break this guy's nose, steal that guy's car. Teach him a lesson, Johnny! I've even had Evan and Ella drumming up some odd jobs just to keep it interesting. Nothing really gets the blood pumping anymore, you know. <laughs> so you're available then? Well, detective, that's a matter of timing, mostly. I make it a habit never to take a job whilst one goes unfinished. Personal rule. Hold on a minute, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Clearing the last few stairs that led to the fourth floor. Johnny slid to her knees just in time to send a charging attacker tumbling over her back. A deft downward swing smashed the ornate grip of her pistol into the bridge of the thug's nose before she crept into the room across the hall. Pistols pointed at the ready. The gunner who was occupying the mounted artillery cannon had barely realized what was happening before the snare rounds bit into his back, his body convulsing violently as shocks of electricity burst through him. You're good to roll out. Don't wait up for me, I'll find my own way home. You got it. Get home safe, alright? Oh, so now everybody's eating ground, you're gonna worry about me, eh? I'll be along shortly, you can count on it. Have Nick get my drink ready. So, as it would happen, I've managed to make you an opening, granted you've got the chips. What's the job?
in the old world there is, or perhaps was for all I know, a city known as New York. I've always been fascinated by its rich past. In that past, there was a time where organized crime was as powerful there as it is here. The city itself was often, as I understand, referred to as the city that never sleeps. I find this to be an appropriate description for Arcadia in general, but no district embodies the concept better than the French Quarter. As such, this provides obstacles, some complications, in regards to a plan of action for a return visit to Club Jade. Oh, so... I did not leave the club on the best of terms with its ownership. To the point, Lin Feng Mien, our target, rarely leaves the building without a host of armed security. She manages the floor herself, fulfills her obligations to the Yakuza, and even lives all within the walls of this building. Her security is ever-present, and the revelry essentially unceasing, rising and lowering like the tide. Confrontation, even with my inside information, is nearly inevitable. I'm afraid, however, that there is a catch. This assault only works without casualties, Johnny. You may be a merc, but I am directly badged by the authority. Don't remind me. Fair enough, though. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that in your time as a detective, you've had some sleepless nights, yeah? Out on the job? Of course. Then you know there's a point in all that empty time. When you've been awake and you're getting long in the tooth, ready for a change in the guard. The city might not sleep, but people need to go home eventually. That's when we hit them, when the excitement's over and the routine sets in over weary bones. It might not be an original tactic, but it sure is hell a timeless one. Dawn, then. Dawn it is. The still damp streets of New Atlantis were bathed in the orange glow of the early morning sun as the pair strode boldly into the alley behind Club Jade. An exhausted bouncer in a crumpled suit stood to be barely an obstacle as Johnny let fly the bowlers she'd been hiding up the sleeve of her long coat, the weapon quickly entangling the man before culminating in a powerful electric shock that sent him tumbling to the ground, kicking helplessly, a moment before going still. the door. That was quite effective. Eh, can't argue with the classics, I guess. You said you had all the key codes memorized, yeah? I suppose we'll soon see. I must admit, it's not a simple task. Wading through the past of a man who is in the process of inflicting physical trauma upon your own body, but it is one that is perfectly within the scope of my abilities. After you. Seems like it's my turn to be impressed, Detective. You recall our discussion in regards to casualties. How could I forget? 
Look, don't you worry your head about it. We'll stick to doing things your way. I've packed my girls full of snare rounds. You know, just in case that memory of yours isn't as accurate as you wager when you run into problems. It is. But we need to keep moving. There exists a small window before Amari makes his final cycle for the night. He personally visits each bouncer before dismissing them. Well, isn't that the sweetest thing? Gives him a little good night kiss, does he? Tucks him in. It isn't sentimental. He prefers to distribute payment for the evening services personally. He claims this is to show gratitude. In truth, it is so the help recognizes the hand that feeds. Wait. Nice call. Is that... is that clairvoyance or something? You're still trying to understand how all this works. I'm surprised you didn't do your homework after our last meeting. In any case, no. These two are just more memories. The affair those two are having is... well documented by the house. As are their routines. Fuck me, you're absolutely terrifying sometimes, you know that? You've gathered all that in the span of a beating, did you? And more. Some of it is still working itself out in my mind. I'm remembering it like instinct. What I did was dangerous. Opening oneself up completely is an easy way to lose yourself. The healing process for that damage can take months. Or even years. Let us hope it was worth it. Johnny felt at a loss for words as she strained to understand the full scope of the man's explanation, answering only with a nod as she followed the detective through the stark backroom hallways of Club Jade, a web of arteries that served to keep this place alive in more ways than one. Behind any single unmarked door could lie a secret that might cost an accidental onlooker their life for stumbling upon. Finally, after ascending a short flight of stairs, Vermeer found himself in front of a set of double doors. Johnny watched as he, almost gently, placed the palms of his hands onto the surface of the entrance as his large amphibious eyes flickered the way they did when he was reading the past of a thing. She wants to laugh to herself, but believes that the joy she feels is a weakness that might be exploited. So she presses herself against the door for a moment, enough to allow a hidden smile. She is in love. Her bodyguards watch on, wondering if the uncharacteristic delay is a sign of something wrong. They rarely, if ever, leave her side, always watchful, loyal. She swings the door open, in control of her emotions once more before dismissing her entourage for the night. We're in luck. She's inside, alone. It'd be best if I did the talking. Suits me just fine. I can't stand all the damn posturing these yaks get up to anyways. All the dramatic pauses and subtle threats just get to the fucking quick of it, you know? At least the gun learners had the courtesy to stick a gun in my ribs. 
The doors swing wide with the softest of pushes. They're unlocked as only a fool might seek uninvited entry to this place, this sanctum. The room itself, a striking yet elegant marriage of traditional Japanese design and neo-deco finery. There's a scent in the air, unfamiliar. Flowers, blossoms and vines surrounding gold-stamped pillars, natural growth so carefully manicured and curated that it seems we have been transported to another world far, far from this place, this city. A single stroke of a piano key pulls our attention towards the center of the room. There, seated on a bench in front of what must be the most beautiful instrument I've ever laid eyes on, is Lin Feng Mian. Draped in fine silks, now seemingly a different and somehow more dangerous incarnation of herself than the one who often haunts the floor of Club Jade. You never could take no for an answer, Mr. Grant, though I hadn't expected you to be so bold as to enter my home uninvited. We hadn't finished our conversation, More than Lynn. you realize. And it seems you brought a friend to invade my privacy as well. How thoughtful. Just acting as a bit of insurance in case you call for any of those cunts down the hall. The detective here like this wee talk to end a little differently than the last one did. That one where you lot roughed him up. Yeah. As long as we keep this civilized, then I'm nothing but furniture here. No stake in any of this at all. Indeed. But no matter. This was a risky gamble. There will be consequences. For the both of you. Mm, don't threaten me with a good time. I understand. There were no other options. All channels led to this place. A conduit or a delta. But this will not be the end. Not this time. The question. Where is Alex Webb? I see. I suppose you should understand what you've done, that is. That when you came into my club, that name on your lips, like poison, you killed me then. You forced me to remember her. Along with events, I tried very hard to forget. Lynn, please. I must know. Do not interrupt me. You're Alex. She was cargo. Unexpected cargo, at least for us. We were working beside Dark Fathom on what was supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. An operative, a stray, had come down from the core. Dark Fathom lay claim on the Kraken Executor himself, as well as this girl that you're obsessed with. This suited us well, as we were interested in the technological opportunities and executive-level equipment. It would turn out that of the two of us, Dark Fathom would receive the more valuable prize. I'm not convinced they didn't know that already, though they claimed ignorance, of course. Dark Fathom ended up murdering the Kraken exec while the girl, your Alex, had been changed somehow. Not quite human anymore. They took her, and we inherited the mess that was left behind. Do you believe in curses, Detective? I do not. That is convenient. Neither did I. Real or not, we found that anyone who used their tech or so much as remembered what happened that day changed. 
We had no choice but to retire anyone who had been present for the heist. My father, the oil bun included. Only a truly disciplined and aware mind could live with secrets so eager to burst from their closet. Today, only three remain who know the fate of your Alex Webb. You, me, and Jillian Hart. Jillian Hart. Dark Fathom's head. I still... I still don't understand. If you were sinking this, closing loose ends, why leave me alive? Tortured and picking through fractured memories. What did you do to me? <laughs> you were Dark Fathom's responsibility, a request, or more appropriately, an ultimatum from the girl, from what I understand. A very expensive request at that. The memory repressor. Psychic dampeners. Surgery scars. But you can't kill a memory. Not like that. It would seem. But they were certainly going to try. If it didn't take, they were to resolve the situation in a different way. A duty, it seems, that they did not fulfill. As here you are, digging up old bones and speaking words that... Ripple. All the way back to the core. Yes. So if you're here now, asking me about Alex Webb, then either she is dead or something has changed to make the both of us... expendable. You're a fool, Waylon. Curses don't sleep forever. Curses my arse. We done here, detective. Yes. For now. Goodbye, Lynn. Wait. If I'm to die, then I wish to do so on my own terms. I will not leave this world as a pawn of Jillian Hart's machinations and would like to ensure she pays dearly for the pleasure of my death. Consider this a last request. Read my memories, Detective Grant. That is dangerous. The oppressor is a dam. One that can be dismantled with care and time. Unfortunately, neither of us has any such luxury. So instead, we must only hope to make enough of a hole as to cause a rupture. Now come. We cannot afford to waste any more time. You've been listening to Cybernautica Undertow, brought to you by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode features the voice talents of Luke Alfonso as Waylon Grant, Abigail Turner as Johnny, Madeline Dorham as Ella, Travis Story as Evan, Molly Zhang as Lin Feng Mien, Dan Bowd as the narrator. Voice extras included in the show notes. Undertow is directed by Amanda Hufford, written by Damien Sidlow, sound design by Chris Henry, with script editing by Jupiter Sanders. 
A special thank you to all of our incredible Patreon and Indiegogo backers who contributed funding to make this return to Neo-Atlantis possible. If you'd like to support Red Fathom Entertainment in continuing to create Cybernautica and other great audio drama stories, please stop by our website at www.cybernauticapod.com and find any number of ways to support the show as well as follow us on Twitter at CybernauticaPod. We hope to see you again in Neo-Atlantis, listener. Look to the sea. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Shmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in 3, 2, 1. Hold on, let me unfurl this Wizard Scroll real quick. Went out of Baba Bowie. Nowhere, ten humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I get take your order? As he says, what are you going to get? I don't know what I want. I'm going to get the double, uh, triple, uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two McLobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards, directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Gargo! Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.